Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the entree musician and so are you. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Entree Musician Podcast. This is the space where we concentrate on the mindset, discipline, and focus of the Entree Musician. And today is absolutely no exception because today we are going to tackle the subject of you and your brand. And yes, this is in the middle of the seemingly never-ending series, You and Your Band, where we are really counseling, if I can use that word, we are consulting, I guess, maybe a better description of what we're doing, the hypothetical band who call themselves the Hilarious Bonfire. They are a five-piece band who has been led by the fearless, brave, Sally, who has uh, really whipped them into shape. And we've kind of been sitting along the sidelines, watching their initial meetings, guiding them through their rehearsals and through their first performances. And uh, now is the time where they are building a buzz and really need to solidify a brand. So we are going to help them out with that project as well. We're so grateful for the many emails that we've received. Many of you are loving the series. I, I want to bring it to a close, yet with some of these emails and some text and, and some social media messaging, it's been like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? And we really wanted to make sure that we covered everything that had to do with being in a band from the leader's perspective to the sideman's perspective to uh, having those incredible conversations that you need to have prior to putting everything on the road and getting into the van and traveling out to the venues. So from conception to completion, whatever completion looks like for you, whatever your definition of success is, we want you to be able to turn to the Entree Musician podcast and go, hey, yeah, we definitely discussed this and what is the Entree Musician's perspective on how we should handle that? Can you dig it? So that's what we've been doing. We trust that you've been enjoying the podcast up to this point. Now, so we're gonna talk about branding today, but I do want to apologize. Uh, I can hear it in my headphones and, uh, you know, I trust that you hear it too, but I am experiencing a few difficulties with my allergies today. Uh, Northeast Ohio, where we live, the pollen count has been kind of high for the last couple of days. I'm, I'm recording this on May 28th, and we have a lot of pollen uh, that is kind of in the air. And interestingly enough, Ironically, uh, it will be very hot and then it will rain about three days. Well, yesterday it was hot enough for me to cut the grass and all of that, you know, stuff was uh, getting into my respiratory. I felt it, but today with the rain coming down, I felt it would be a little better. Apparently it's not. <laughs> so I want to apologize in advance uh, and I'm going to be the recipient of what I'm about to share with you now. As you know, all of our episodes here at the Entree Musician Podcast, as well as our YouTube channel, as well as our website, practically everything that we do is sponsored by the wonderful people at Voco. Voco is the only beverage on the planet which is designed to soothe, refresh, and restore your voice. If you talk all day or you sing all night, 
you got to get yourself some vocal. Go to drinkvocal.com to learn more. I'm going to have a little bit of this myself. But what we're going to do today is talk about branding. Now, branding is that subject that honestly you can go to you can just use your favorite search engine and just type branding and music and you're going to get a plethora of many, many topics about how to brand your band appropriately. Uh, I'm not going to do that uh, today. Uh, what I want to discuss is the psychology and um, really dig in deeper to why a brand is important, not necessarily what it does, because you can read up on what it does. Uh, you know what it is, but why you as an entree musician should employ the psychological, even spiritual, if I could use that term, elements of branding, which help solidify who you are. And again, with respect to the Hilarious Bonfire, this band that we're consulting, we just wanted to narrow it down to two deep foundational reasons as to why they should be branding. Because branding, I mean, yes, it's a part of your marketing, it's a part of your strategy, but it's, again, like anything that we employ in the Entree Musician is not just what you do. Branding is that part and that component of who you are. Okay? So that's how we're approaching it. And my heart is really to just like simplify it into two main reasons that you employ branding because it's a part of who you are as an artist, as a band. Obviously, we know that branding in its purest form comes, uh, well, at least the term comes from our history as an agrarian culture. At one time, we were very agrarian, but there's still some farms out there and there's still some farmers who brand their cattle, uh, which signifies ownership. And once that cattle has been branded or whatever, uh, animal. I don't, I don't think they brand chickens, but once that, that animal has been branded, it, that brand never goes away. It's, it's, it, it signifies the ownership and that brand stays with that animal for the rest of its life. And your brand as an entree musician, as a band should never go away once you have branded yourself accordingly. I wish there was another synonym I could use, but that's it. We're just going to use branding or your brand. Okay. As you know, branding is the heartbeat of your marketing strategy. It is the lifeblood of your band. It's your story and it answers the most important question of any artist. And that question is, who are we? Branding simply explains why you exist, and if done well, your branding will clearly explain who you are. And what I hope to express in these two main points is what you should absolutely avoid in your branding. Like, don't even consider it. Conversely, what you absolutely must consider and things around it with your peripheral which you might not need to employ because you would just be spinning your wheels. So let's just take these two points, okay? Number one, absolute honesty and integrity. 
Branding, when you consider it, it's you. Whether you're a single artist, whether you're an eight-piece band, whether you are an orchestra and you have 37 voices in that orchestra, whether you are a choir, whatever your group or ensemble consists of, branding is about the unified you. Your heart, your perspective, your mind, your spirit, yes, let me say it, your life, okay? This should be the ultimate of what people see, what they hear, what they feel, okay, about you and your artistry. Branding for the entree musician is not some thrown together strategy just to sell a few records <laughs> or several hundred streams. It's, it's not that at all. And there are plenty of sad examples of deception in branding, and we know them well. Millie Vanilli, the infamous scandal that went on around that unfortunate duo, CNC Music Factory, even the Backstreet Boys, the whole story of how they came together and you know what their manager intended to do. It's just crazy and unfortunate. This was just marketing thrown together based upon lies. And the results were very clear and played themselves out incredibly tragic. Now, your brand is what sets you apart from every other band, every other singer, every other artist on the planet. And you have to ask yourself the tough questions. Why would anyone want to come to our show or stream our music? Okay, why? That's what we're getting down to. That's what the drill is. These answers cannot stop at, you know, it's just because we rock or, you know, because we're the best band in our region. You know, your answers have to go much deeper because the questions go deeper than that. Why do you rock? <laughs> you know, why are you the best band around? What's your story? You know, is it is it because all of the musicians in the band are classically trained? That could be a reason. That becomes part of your story. Is it is it because several of the musicians were all leaders in other amazing bands in your area? You know, perhaps in the early 2000s and you guys are getting together in 2020 and beyond to do this project. So there's a story there. Yeah, we were all band leaders and all of us were rivals, but we got together to do this. And now we've become, quote unquote, the super band, right? Or perhaps each member of the band is from a separate country and your band kind of organically came together over time. And as a result, it's turned into this international behemoth that is just going to really explode and be a major success because you have all of this culture in, in, your, uh, in your genre and you can blend these styles together and your band really stands out accordingly, right? Conversely, it could be extenuating circumstances which brought you together. Say perhaps all of your members are foster children, or perhaps there was some tragedy in the majority of your band uh, who most of the band suffered some child abuse and your music brought you together. And now you donate most of your profits to charities to fight child abuse or fight domestic abuse. And this is your story. This is who you are. 
And this is not about promotion for you. This is about overcoming severe challenges. And yet as a result of your uh, uh, experience and what you've gone through, your story builds momentum. That absolutely becomes your brand. You understand? So it has to do with you in honesty and integrity. Let's say, for example, you are a snooty, stuck up, stingy male diva. Okay. Uh, and that's just who you are, but you can rock a house like no other. Then you take that attitude, take that approach, take that perspective and use it to your advantage. And you will find that it works because people do respect integrity. If that's who that person is. I mean, um, look at Prince early on. He had this mystique. He had this persona of being aloof, of being stuck up, of being this quote unquote, whatever. And, uh, you know, he could rock a house though. He was very proficient on his instruments in any time. He took to the stage. It was like, yo, you know, he may be this, that, and the other, but psh, the dude could really rock. You know, uh, there was, uh, I don't know if you saw the footage of uh, Prince and Michael Jackson where uh, James Brown was in concert. Interestingly, as I discussed this, uh, you know, they're all, you know, no longer with us. But there's uh, some very famous footage of James Brown uh, inviting both of them to the stage and, and Michael took it and, and really honored James Brown and, and did a great review and the people were loving it. And Prince acted like a brat. You know, he was carried to the stage by his bodyguard and he was, you know, he just did all this crazy stuff. It wasn't a good look for him. And it was a minor setback. But, you know, I mean, he overcame it. But again, he kept that particular persona. Uh, Michael Jackson, of course, kept the glove and they went on to their uh, careers being very, 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 very successful. So what I'm saying is, again, it's all about honesty. Your brand is an extension of who you are. So you want to really be absolutely real. You want to really be absolutely real. My English teacher would not have liked me to say that or to construct that sentence that way, but just deal with it. Okay. <laughs> Point number two is consistency. Okay. And this is consistency both on and offline. Let's just take a look at corporate branding. And again, entree musicians do treat their bands like a corporation like a business because you have to remember we talked about LLCs and partnerships and and the different ways that a band or an artist can be set up with respect to what corporations do is they are meticulous at looking at colors and shapes and fonts and fabric and material and space and height and width and depth of their uh, of their uh, restaurants, if they're a restaurant chain or their hotels or, you know, whatever space they're working out of. And everything about that particular company has to do with their why and their brand reflects it. In August of 1990, in fact, the Hyatt Regency hotel chain, they spent one million dollars alone on their logo. 
It had to be this shape. It had to express this vibe. It had to have these colors. And they went through all kinds of research to make that happen. In fact, one company that helped them along in the process, they used the art of what they called psychography. Certain people, your, your customer base is going to respond to this particular shape. So it has to be this shape. A certain amount of people are going to respond to this particular color. A certain amount of your audience or clientele are going to be more excited about this font than that font. So all of this psychography goes into effect and they crafted a logo. And like I said, that was in August of 1990. They crafted that logo, spent a million dollars in making sure that it was perfect to reflect who they are. Now, I'm not recommending that you spend that amount of money doing that, but what I am recommending to you is that you take it as seriously as a Hyatt Regional Hotel and say, okay, this is our brand. This is who we are. This is our story. This is our platform. And this is how we express ourselves over and over and over again. And in branding, what you choose not to do is just as important as what you decide to do. For example, let's just take your social media platform, okay? You should not be on every single social media platform. That's wrong. And you have to make sure that your choices of where you are and where you are not is part of your branding strategy. It may be very cool for your band to never be on Facebook. Okay, or you're streaming to never be on Spotify. You know, if that's your core in your heart as a band, as an artist, or you know that that's your core audience. And the truth is you should create just as big a buzz about where you are not as to where you are. Okay, this is truth for you. And again, if every band is on Facebook, right? And every artist is on Spotify. Then the question is, again, what makes you stand out if you're everywhere everyone else is? Now, I can, I can just hear you right now going, wait a minute, wait a minute. These are platforms where people are, right? And common sense says you need to be where the people are. And I, I will answer you by saying, well, yes, but also no, because remember, you are an entree musician. And what we're talking about here is your people, your tribe, your family. You grow relationships organically, one by one, two by two, and you create the buzz where you need it to be. Now, let me be clear. This is not saying just build it and they will come. Okay, we're not saying that this is actually deeper than that. And what I'm talking about is actually found in the magnetic model of the person of Jesus Christ. No matter what you think of him personally or spiritually, you can learn a lot about his marketing methods, about how he branded his movement, Christianity. Listen, firstly, he told his earliest disciples that he would make them fishers of men. Okay. And when you think about the art of fishing, I mean, just, just think about that statement. 
you realize that you cannot just use one type of bait to catch different fish, okay? If you're going to catch different fish or you're gonna catch unique original fish, you're going to have to use the right bait to catch them. If you're going after catfish, and I'm not much of a fisherman, but this I know, if you're going to fish for catfish, you may wanna use night crawlers as bait. If you're fishing for crappies, then live worms or minnows work best. And if you want trout, then the bait is different whether you're fishing in a pond, a river, or a lake. You really have to be that choosy on what type of fish you're going after. You dig? So Jesus was telling his earliest followers, I'm going to give you a methodology, a different strategy, so that as you go after people, you know how you can win them over. And what he was prompting them to understand was that one size absolutely did not fit all. In order to build a healthy, thriving following, you need to build carefully and strategically. Furthermore, if you study his methods, you saw him go into the marketplace where the people were gathered and he taught a totally different message than they were used to hearing. Okay, they, they, they were used to other religious leaders coming into the synagogues and teaching tons of different religious leaders, but Jesus taught differently. And when he knew that he had held their interest, then he would call them into another more intimate place, teach them there in a different setting, and then send them out to share the good news. And that's how multiplication happened. Okay, in his case, so much so that his disciples and other witnesses of the gospel throughout the centuries were willing to give their lives for what he believed. Now, wow, Jerry, <laughs> are we to build a brand that people would be willing to give their lives for it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can say that truthfully. I don't know. But you want that fan who grows from a fan to a follower into a family member. That's what you want to do over and over again. You are calling the right people, your people, unto yourselves. You're feeding them what you need to feed them, and they in turn become the mouthpieces, the influencers for more fans coming into your fold, okay? Now, this may take longer. Now, sure, you can just go out on whatever the platform is, pick one, that's where everybody else is. Hey, that's where everybody in your genre is and you can just be splashing around, making noises, or you can be strategic, okay? This model of growing your audience is far more enduring. Now, when you're offline, and by this, I mean that even when your band is not performing or you're not posting on social media, you still need to project your brand. And I'm not saying that you can't have an off day or have a day where you let your hair down. But when you do, you should still be very much aware of who you are and where you are because people are looking at you. I mean, they, that's just a fact. They're looking to see if you are really you which is why it's vital that your brand, we said this before, is an extension of who you are. Because if it's not authentic, 
then you can create a reputation for being pretentious because people are looking for integrity. Okay. And I, I said this in point number one, they're looking for it. Even if your lifestyle or your habits or your belief system is completely countercultural, your tribe will accept you for being who you are. So be you, especially when you're offline. It's consistent and it puts you in a realm of artists who are revered some generation after generation because their music and their brand has not only remained the same, but it's actually gotten stronger over time. Remember, every picture from your album artwork to your selfies, to pictures posed with your followers, to flyers and banners should reflect your brand in some way. I mean, today we're blessed with many tools that we can use as templates that once we decide what our logo is, what our color scheme is, our clothing, our, our shoes, our hats, our accessories, and our design, then we can integrate these things practically into everything we do for little or no money. And just let me speak momentarily on the subject of your logo. You may be able to tweak your logo subtly over time, but once you've decided on a logo, you should never, ever, ever change it. Never. And major proof of this fact is the long-standing rock bands like Kiss, The Stones, Ariel Smith, Metallica, and so forth. You can look at their logos and they've stood the test of time because and boom, that has become their identity and it's just stuck. And that's just who they are, right? I remember a huge, giant, ugly mistake that I made with my band Sound Doctrine and with our logo. I mean, we were blessed early on with a very simple, catchy logo by my good friend, the late Gary Jones, whom I miss immensely. But Gary designed this incredibly eye-catching, like I said, simple logo and we begin to use it prominently on our first cd uh on our merch of course i had it you know uh airbrushed onto my drum kit the kick drum you know and uh it just became that source of identity and by our second album endurance it was beginning to catch on big time that was really good but between endurance our second album and our third uh, cd inspire uh the music had changed a little bit and we were incorporating many more vocals. In fact, Endurance was absolutely instrumental CD, jazz market, and we tried to get into the R&B soul thing. So, you know, there were only like three instrumentals on uh, our Inspire CD. What I did was I thought, well, you know, with the music changing, maybe we need an upgrade on our logo. So I enlisted the services of another graphic artist. Uh, Gary, unfortunately, had passed away uh, by this time. He probably would have dissuaded me from doing it, but I hired another graphic artist and he created this elaborate logo that I thought, yo, this is excellent. You know, this really is where we should be. And I caught flack, not only from our team and our band members, not only from our fans, but even people who were, I felt, on the fringes of our camp. They were not really even, you know, what I consider to be, you know, true fans, but they listened to our music and they came to our show and they hated, with a capital H, hated 
the new logo. So as I had already spent money on the logo, I had already spent money on the cover art. What I did was had an opportunity to put our old logo on the back of the CD, lower uh, left corner, so people knew that it was still us, it was still Sound Doctrine, you know, and I just said that, well, this emblem, which uh, is what the logo was, was just the artwork for Inspire. And I kind of got away with it somewhat, but I still caught a lot of flack and, you know, my band members chastised me for uh, doing that. So please <laughs> learn from my stupidity. You know, once you settle on a logo and remember what we said about Hyatt Regency and their million dollar logo, once you settle on something that you know absolutely defines who you are, you can tweak it over time. Like Coca-Cola made minor tweaks, uh, like Disney made minor tweaks uh, to their logos. You can tweak it, but you cannot replace it. That's just the way it is. Now, the final word on branding is to make sure that you employ insistent patience in cultivating your message. Branding is absolutely something that you have to, you must say over and over and over again. Remember, this is your story. You must show it over and over again. You must wear it constantly. You must insist that all of your band members are on one accord with your messaging. There are no mixed signals, no room for them whatsoever. There is no division or your brand will never stick. Very, very important. Very important when applying consistency. Make sure that everyone is involved with the creation, with the process, and the final analysis. These are big meetings, and these are meetings that you have over time. In fact, I suggest that you let your branding grow on you before you really unveil it to the public. Now listen, you don't want the public to define you. You should have your elevator pitch all ready to go. And we talked about this in a previous episode. Ours, my band, Sound Doctrine, is original alternative funk jazz fusion. We sound like Bob James crashing into Steely Dan while listening to Frank Zappa on the way to Herbie Hancock's house. Sometimes we may change the artist, but it's the fact that you really cannot pigeonhole us. It's original alternative funk jazz fusion. So have your elevator pitch ready. But as far as the branding is concerned, you must make sure that it's honest and it's consistent. Make sure that you give it time to marinate like a fine stew, like gumbo over time because you're wearing it, right? And once you've chosen that logo, chosen that color, you've expressed your true story, your very reason for being, you cannot undo that, okay? Your brand actually takes on a parallel life of its own because you absolutely want your followers to adopt your story as their story. And that's how you make it tick. So that's the psychology, the heart, the spirit of branding and why it's so important for you and your band to take the time to do it right. Well, I hope that this episode has touched you in some way, is giving you some tools, again, not only to put in place, but to help to explain who you are, why you are. That's the heart, that's the soul. 
And I want to thank you for spending time with us here at The Entree Musician. If you haven't already done so, I invite you to come and visit us at theentreemusician.com. You can reach out to me directly at theentreemusician at gmail.com. If you are so inclined, we are happy to receive any donations. It helps to continue our work here at The Entree Musician, providing resources and uh, personal consultation which some entree musicians may not be able to afford. So, so you might want to consider that. The cash app uh, information is available in the comments. And if you find that you are in need of consultation, you can text us directly at 330-718-JERE. That's 330-718-JERE. Send me a text. We'll arrange a time to get together and uh, we'll make it happen. I am, again, so grateful for the wonderful feedback that we're getting as we're growing this organically. Now, this is really interesting because we don't have major numbers here at The Entree Musician. We don't have millions of subscribers. We don't have hundreds of subscribers. But the subscribers that we do have through our YouTube channel to this podcast are the real deal. We are organic and we are involved in this network of building community and helping each other. And I'm so appreciative of it. So tell everybody you know, tell 10 people you know, and about 14 people you don't. Check out the Entree Musician podcast and you'll find tools that you can use in your artistry. Once again, my name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician and so are you. We will see you again next time. God bless.